This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me again, we have Mr. Jared Mariyama. Hello, Jared. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. All things considered, it is a, <laughs> a interesting new Continues world Continues to there. get more and more interesting as the days go by. I will say, uh, I mean, given everything that's been happening, I am getting adjusted to it like not that i'm enjoying it or that it's fun but it's starting to seem less and less strange being at home mm-hmm. like uh, checking if something is open or, or you know before you do anything you have to kind of look up and see like oh are they open now do they close early are they you right know, what are they offering it's becoming a little bit more normalized again not fun but <laughs> no. it is a new normal yeah. um the one thing and we talked about this before i'm curious to see how these like movie theaters, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, but gyms, like mm-hmm. how they're going to adjust to slowly open and make people comfortable going back uh, into their, I don't know, their businesses, I guess. I've seen a lot of posts and information about gyms in particular, but I haven't seen anything about movie theaters. Um, and I, you may have seen this, but AMC posted something saying that they are – they fear that they may not be able to come back after uh, the the quarantine is lifted. Hmm. It seems so, um, weird that that would be the case. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I couldn't really wrap my head around that because I know that businesses are hurting, obviously. Yeah. Um, but movie theaters will exist after this. I know they're all taking a hit, uh, and they're going to have to make adjustments and adapt. But I can't. They're one of the largest movie theater chains around i don't know how and why like they in particular would be hurting more so than some of these especially these like like smaller chains well i mean chains yeah i could see smaller things having a hard time for sure but i think everyone was having a hard time leading up to this anyway Uh, Mm -hmm. and so to think that you're going to go down to very low to zero, like literally zero for these companies. Um, I could certainly see why that's um, going to be a problem. But they just seem so big that that they would exist in some capacity. I could see a lot of the theaters shutting down or, right. or converting to something else. But um, I don't know. I, I'm, I want to go back to the movies. I'm not in a mm-hmm. big hurry to go back to a theater. How do you feel about uh, drive-ins? I th- I thought that there might be a resurgence in drive-in theaters mm-hmm. as a result of all this dis- social distancing um, and people trying to be more careful about all of that. I thought yeah. that that would be that would make sense, um, I, and especially a lot of people are going back to nostalgia type things. Mm-hmm. So i felt like that may have been a good response i haven't seen anything locally at least about uh is there one around here i don't even know no there so from where we are this is like an snl skit if you go up the five (laughs) (laughs) just off of um the five freeway once it turns into like two lanes so past knott's berry farm there's um there was a 
a drive-in theater there that now has turned into like a swap meet. Yeah, I think they all turned into swap meets. But I think the screens are still up. So mm-hmm. I don't know what they did with the area where you would park and drive in if that is like permanent tents or something for the swap meets. But that's the only one within, you know, relatively close distance to us that I am aware of. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that's a good solution. I think something else, even if it was a movie theater outside, like watching an outdoor film, how people do that during the summer, uh, like mm-hmm. rooftop stuff. Like I could see that working and being fun and being a little more like a social thing rather than uh, uh, right. uh, going into the movie theater. But like mm, it's going to take so long for me to want to sit in a theater. Like, I don't know. I just don't know how they're going to. I know that they can sort of limit with especially now Capacity that everyone's used that. to yeah. um, reserved seating, it, it's going to be easier to do that, right? Because they can just say these are the seats that are available. Here's where you have to sit. Right. Um, but still, like maybe in those huge auditorium theaters, and there's only like a few of you in there. But in those ones that are sort of standard to small, and there's a ton of those. It's mostly those, right? Like mm-hmm. those really small ones. I don't know. Uh, we weren't sitting next to the guy that was hacking cough when we were at the theater. Uh, he was down the aisle from us, and that was still disgusting, right? <laughs> so if you imagine that happening yeah. now, if that's happening anywhere in the theater, you're kind of annoyed. So Right. Yeah, I yeah. think people's tolerance is definitely a lot lower for coughing and sneezing and sniffling even uh, than it was before. So what's funny is it'll slowly open. I'm curious to see what's going to be the movie that gets everybody to come back to the theater. Like there's going to be something that happens and it's like whatever the 5,000th Marvel movie will come out and people will just go. They, um, Christopher Nolan's new movie tenant. He has been like, I don't know why. Cause all, you know, all of these big movies have shifted. There was a James Bond movie early on that moved forward, a Marvel movie, uh, the black widow one, They pushed back Wonder Woman. So all these like big blockbuster movies Mm -hmm. made their announcements to get pushed back. But Tenet, for some reason, Christopher Nolan is like adamant about not adjusting the date. It is mid-July is when it's supposed to come out. Um, I don't think that's the movie that'll like bring droves of people in back into the theaters. No. Um, But it is a, you know, pretty high profile movie. Uh, like a typical summer blockbuster. Yeah, but I don't think that's the one that will bring people back into the theaters. Yeah, but I can't even think, excuse me, I can't even think of what that would be coming up. Like, it's not like that second Avengers film, you know, happened in the midst of this or something like that. Like, I could see something like that being like, everyone's just going nuts for this film. So it seems like it has to be one of the really big, like anticipated like Indiana Jones five or something like that, you know, something huge like that where people are going to, cause I think we're getting to that point now where it's just like, it's not about safety. It's just about like comfortable, you know, Mm -hmm. like it probably isn't safe, but people will eventually kind of either not care or like, just be like, I'm going to just go for it, which I mean, it seems like we're kind of there now anyway. I wonder, you brought up an interesting point, if this uh, pandemic happened last year mm-hmm. with uh, the the big Avengers movie, which is turned out to be like the highest grossing film of all time, and then the last Star Wars, that all happened in 2019. Right. If that were this year, like if those would have been the movies or if they would have been as successful mm-hmm. um, during this this time or even after when people start going back to the theaters, if 
those seem like the movies that would get people back into the theaters. But I don't think there's anything on the horizon kind of close to to those two. Yeah. And then with sort of this prediction of it, of another outburst in the fall, that seems like unavoidable. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know what... So it's like going to be this back and forth constantly of like, oh, we're closed for flu season. We'll, we'll, you know, we're Bria. We'll see you in February or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, I think so. I I don't know if that's going to happen, but because people, like you said, you know, you're adjusting to this new normal. Mm-hmm. I think it is possible for businesses to shut down like that periodically. I don't think it's practical, and mm-hmm. especially in America, like that's just unheard of. I know China will shut down for New Year's for like almost a month every single year. And that's Uh just normal. Yeah. Um, You know, we've done it to a certain degree here, uh, but I don't know if that'll become the new normal, uh, you know, moving forward. Yeah. I don't know. I will see. I I think we are going to see more things debuting at home um, Mm -hmm. once they can kind of figure out that model and make sure that it's sort of, you know, properly profitable for everybody involved. But I think... I think we're going to go even more so in that direction, like um, kind of how we were before, where people only go for these big films and these smaller films just go to directly to, you know, to TV or maybe it's a it's a new service in itself that oh, you have to yeah. subscribe to. You know, it's the AMC app, you know, so it's only released on the AMC app and not Netflix and all your other basic Right. Basic thing. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. So let's let's transition to our three quarantine questions here. We will start since we were just talking about movies. We'll start with watch. Hmm. Um, I will go first. I feel like so you talked about this a little bit kind of jokingly, but Space Force came Uh, on Netflix um, the end of May. Yes. And I think I'm like four or five episodes deep. I want to finish it just to finish it. Uh, it, un- I don't want to be too hard on this show, but it was a pretty big letdown, I have to say. Um, mm. One thing about it, so if you're listening to this, you probably know that I have a military background. I was in the Marine Corps for a period, and I think that I have a deeper appreciation for the stuff going on in this show. Like, there's a lot of little tiny jabs and jokes about like rank and I don't know, customs and courtesies within the military that I think the normal person would understand. It's not like it's, you know, really deep and hard to comprehend, but they won't appreciate the humor behind it because it's pretty subtle. Some of these little moments. Um, but overall, it did kind of fall flat for me. That is being very generous, I think. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing about this is it's obviously done by very talented people. It looks great. It looks like a movie almost, more so than Mm -hmm. a TV show. Um, Everything's in place that it should be. And the the main thing for me is it just isn't funny. Like, Like it doesn't even seem like jokes most of the time. And the jokes that... So it's like almost a relatively like straight ahead approach to this this isn't like a broad comedy you know they're not it's not like an austin powers thing or something like that mm-hmm. or um it's not like the office where it's like a faux you know documentary kind of thing or anything like that like it's pretty much just a like a funny movie it feels more like a movie to me just the way it's edited and the way yes, it looks yeah it feels like that for but sure. like the joke's just like it's not funny like i i like there's even some big glaring things where i'm like i know they think this is funny but it really isn't 
Funny. So I I'm I haven't gone through it. I keep trying. I, I'm <laughs> only through the first two episodes. Um, cause I thought, okay, first one's usually kind of rough, but second one might be right. better. Like there's storylines in there. I'm like, gosh, did I miss something? I don't even, cause there's a big time jump in the first episode. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, like a lot happens in that time jump that I either, I guess gets explained as we move forward. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, I was having a really hard time sticking with it. Are so. you going to like force yourself to get through the whole thing or if it doesn't pick up, are you just going to drop it altogether? It depends on how desperate I get to watch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of forget what happened, you know, so then I don't want right. to keep starting it over, but I don't think it matters. Really. It's pretty quick. I mean, the episodes aren't that long and I don't think there's that many um, for this whole season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, I think I'll get through it. I'll force myself to finish it. But uh, it's not, I was so excited going to this because the cast was great. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people attached to it were great. It looks good, but just like you said, the humor is, I don't know if like what the issue is, but it's like on paper, it seems like this would be great and perfect, but it's, it. I don't know. It's falling very short. <laughs> it even changes. It feels a little bit between the first and second episode, uh, as if the first one's a little more serious, and then the second one's trying harder to be like funny, funny. You know, not right. just like um, I don't know. So I, I think it's going to take a lot for me to be sold on the show by the end. I did finish the uh, the upload show, uh, mm. which was um, same all the way through. I think kind of okay, just, all the all, okay. all the way through. Um, did you finish that one? No, I'm right. about halfway through both of these, Space Force and Upload. Um, so like on Space yeah. Force, the whole thing, like, you know where he's doing Kokomo in front of the window? Yes. I'm like, <laughs> this is so not funny. Like, they're playing I didn't, was it Was that up. supposed to be funny? I don't, I don't know. That's like, what I mean. Like, that's like, I'm like, I don't, I don't so know. You, you know, like, uh, so I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, and I'll go to stand-up comedy mm-hmm. shows. Once you you go into like the improv or one of these different comedy venues, you go into it like wanting to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And like you kind of, I don't want to say lower your expectations, but it's a different um, experience when you go and do that. Well, you feel more vulnerable for the person that's up there doing it too. (laughs) Right. Like you, you want them to do well. Right. But so like I went into the space force, I think with different expectations, like, I was trying to find the humor in it. So like even the laughs that I, the show did get out of me, I felt were almost forced. Like mm-hmm. even though it's not a live experience and it's very different than going to an improv show or a comedy show, I felt like a similar thing where oh, I'm here, you know, right. Right. Let me just get, I have to get a couple laughs out of this. Otherwise it's like a waste of time. But yeah, I don't know. We, we don't need to go too much more on that. But I was disappointed. Um, we'll see how it turns out. But it's uh, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Did you watch yeah, anything yeah. else that you um, want to talk about? So I broke down and did Apple TV Plus uh, or Apple Plus. I don't oh. know. What is it? Apple TV Plus? Is that so, what it is? I, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name of it. Yeah. Is, so I was like, you know, air quotes, an outsider looking into this. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of programming available is it so Netflix before they started going crazy with their original content? Mm-hmm. It was basically like they had licensing agreements or to stream other people's content. Does Apple have that as well, or is it only their own content? 
I haven't dug too deep on this one yet. Um, so I, I think there is other stuff like that where they have, uh, okay. you know, the rights to other stuff. Um, but I haven't gone too too deep into it. I mean, most of the time with these channels, I think it's you usually go for very specific things, right? Like, right. Like I don't have Hulu. Everyone kind of has Hulu because it's it's not that big of a thing. But um, I don't know. I don't think I've been compelled by anything where I feel like I have to get Hulu. So I think Hulu's like you know, if you don't pay for cable, you basically get access to all of the cable shows. Right, 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 what, right. So you pay, I don't know, whatever it is, like it's 10 bucks cheap. or so. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to watch the Fox and NBC shows um, without having to do the whole cable subscription. Yeah. Um, but what was the show on Apple that kind of compelled you to bite the bullet and pay for the subscription? So they released uh, Defending Jacob with um, Chris Evans and um, uh, the the woman from Downton Abbey. She's one of the Downton Abbey people, Michelle Dockery. Um, so I wanted to watch that. Uh, it was it's it's well done. I think the timing might be unfortunate on its release for some reasons, and then um, I didn't care for how it ended. So it's one of those. Okay, did you, are you going to watch this? You're not going to get. No, Apple I mean, was. no, no time soon. But feel free. So the the <laughs> premise of defending Jacob is this: um, a murder happens. A student is murdered, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the district attorney—I think he's the district attorney—I forget. Uh, he's investigating it, and it turns out the main suspect is his son. These are like junior high school kids. These are very young kids and stuff. So is this Chris Evans' character? Yeah. So Chris is- Evans is the dad, and you know it takes place East Coast somewhere. I forget. Exactly where, uh, but so that's the whole thing. Is there you're kind of following this investigation and seeing like, do you think this kid did it? And then um, because he was the former district attorney taken off the case, he he has obviously access to a little more information. And so then you get to kind of see how is you know if this were your kid and you could do stuff, what would you what would you do? Right? How far mm-hmm. would you push it? Or you know that kind of thing. So from that perspective, it's an interesting concept. I don't know that how it turns out or how it ended was satisfying and there's sort of an open-ended ending which i mm. i get from a storytelling perspective but it's frustrating i find uh so, right um yeah so that's why i got it and i watched it pretty quickly actually um I, were there like people saying that this was a great show and that's what made you want to jump on or did you see a trailer for this and something that and that was it. That was I enough to sell you. I did see a trailer for it. And then um, they were talking about it on My Favorite Murder uh, podcast. Okay. And so I thought, um, I'm kind of running out of stuff to watch on. <laughs> I think Netflix has to do a better way of, of being able to browse their library. Oh, my gosh. That drives me crazy. Like, I'm like, sure there's stuff I'll watch on there, but you really have to know. Uh, yeah. I uh, they I know they, they have some algorithm. and Yeah. You know, in theory, algorithms are supposed to be the answer, but I hate the Instagram algorithm. Yeah. The net, whatever they're doing on Netflix, it's like, and I think you talked about this on the previous episode just briefly, but like they will push specific shows like on you, like almost force it down your throat. Like, oh, you sure you don't want to watch this one? Yeah. And you go to like a different category and you're like, oh, here's that same show again. You sure you don't want to watch it now? Yeah. Um, But like... I would imagine there's thousands of um, shows, TV shows and movies available like in the Netflix library. But you if you're just casually scrolling through, you probably see like 10 percent or less of it. 
and you'd have to like specifically search a title to find some of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is just, yeah, I have no idea who's responsible for how you browse through uh, the Netflix library, but yeah, there's gotta be a better way. And then like, I don't know if you watch something, it should like go away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would think because a lot of this stuff is like, okay, I've already watched this. I don't need to have it back in my suggested, I don't know, whatever you call it. But yeah, that drives me crazy. Ugh. All right. That's all that I have for watch. Did you want to add anything else? Uh, There's an anime doc on Netflix. I watched that. That was kind of interesting. It's hard. I didn't like the host um, that did it. And so it made me kind of mad. Like, What, what was it called? I, it's like uh, Into the Anime or something weird like that. I don't know. So what's the premise? Like, are they looking at specific, like anime as in general, or are they going into specific movies or? Uh, they, I, I mean, to me, it's a huge, it's a huge subject matter to, to conquer. So I thought, okay, I'm interested to see how they boil this down and, mm-hmm. you know, what do they show as the premise? So you can kind of see like, this is a Netflix doc. So I think they had access to Netflix produced shows. <laughs> so okay. in some ways it serves as kind of an advertisement for that. Right. But, the way the woman did it was sort of unfortunate. It, it was like maybe your your mom would find it interesting, like someone who knows <laughs> like absolutely nothing about anime. But instead, like there's so much information to cover. And she was just being like sort of silly cutesy about it, you know, and that mm. was bugging me. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you don't have the just, time to do this. You know, like right. I, I get it. And like on a smaller like if she just did one thing uh, or you know, she treated it almost like a travel show. She's like, but how mm. am I going to get to the bottom of this? I guess I'll have to go to Japan. And so then it's just it's like that. It's so like it's that just like forced this forced narrative. Yes. To take you to like pre yeah. And so then uh, like, so it's fine because then you see interviews with people and some of these guys, like the Castlevania, do you, I don't, I don't watch that show. No, I, I, um, I know what you're talking about. I think that's a Netflix original anime series. So it's like a video game and then they made it into, right, 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 right. That guy's crazy. Um, <laughs> watch it. He's American guy though. Um, so, mm. um, so I wanted to see more of that, like behind the scenes or, or something of saying like, or oh, these are the influential ones or here's where it comes from, from Japan. But it was very light and fluffy and um, ultimately annoying. <clears throat> like in the end, she's mm. like, so basically what anime is, it's not about the cartoons or the animation. It's that anime is for everyone made by misfits for misfits. I'm like, uh, OK, dumb. yeah. So was this a like a a documentary movie or was yeah. this a series? No, okay. it's like a movie, so it's not like they can break it into episodes, which probably would have been more comprehensive. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's it's almost, <laughs> I almost want you to watch it to see if you get the same I, response I do. I'm actually I'm really surprised. I mean, it makes sense because anime has such a huge following, um, but that Netflix has such a They've got a pretty decent sized library mm-hmm. with anime titles, both um, licensed titles and then original content as well. Yeah. I There's a few that I've watched over the years, but I haven't. I, I like the movies, especially the, the Ghibli movies, more so than, you know, traditional mm-hmm. anime shows. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to see that they are starting to offer that a little bit more. Yeah, but there's I, so there's so much. Uh, like for me, oh, yeah. it's, it's really difficult. I mean, it's almost like the American equivalent would just be like saying movies. You know, like it's so, <laughs> like it doesn't it, just because it says anime, it doesn't mean it, you know, like 
Right. The because there's some there's, really violent sexual stuff yes, that I'm I was not gonna interested say, in. There's so many like sub genres yes. within anime that it's yeah. It's, I know can it can be kind of polarizing and also like off-putting depending on which shows you're yes. introduced to. So it's like if we had the equivalent, like say in Japan, they just have one. They're like American films. And it's like, <laughs> it's right. like uh, Moana oh, right next up to some hardcore porn or something like that. Like, <laughs> like that's, it feels what you're flipping through, you know, like, oh, I don't want to watch yeah. that one. That's tentacle porn or something like <laughs> <laughs> just this crazy stuff. So uh, I tend to watch the more like, human-y stuff not the fantasy stuff as much um right so uh i I have been watching a lot of it lately but um once you actually start drilling down there's most of it i'm like oh i'm not gonna watch most of it Mm, Um, right but we'll see we'll see what i you know again it's getting desperate now they're gonna have to just start churning stuff out faster (laughs) all right so let's transition over to the next question which is what did you eat Mm. Um, we kind of had a shared experience here. I'll let this be uh, yours because this is all you, really. Oh, come on. Well, I've got stuff. So I've got stuff. I, I, I definitely am pushing the donut agenda here on yes. the show. Uh, as you it may or may not have listened to our Krispy Kreme trilogy, uh, <laughs> I forced Jared to eat more donuts this week. But it was for good reason. Yes. June 5th was... Is it national or international donut day? Donut day yeah. <laughs> Which, um, you know, obviously it's a silly holiday. But again, if you know me, you know I love a good gimmick. And this is a great gimmick in my opinion. So instead of going back to Krispy Kreme because we had so much of that in May, mm-hmm. we went to or I went to pick up some donuts from Sidecar. And I delivered a couple over to Jared. Yes. These, so... I gave you the butter and salt donut and celebration cake, which is essentially a uh, birthday cake donut. Yes. Right. Did you. So previously, we I think we're both on the same page where we love the butter and salt donut. And that was like the gold standard, the best donut. Uh, I feel like you may have changed your opinion after eating these two uh this past week so this is sidecar uh my favorite donuts now basically of anywhere i I don't i still to this date (laughs) haven't had better donuts i don't think that i just mean like the basic quality of the donut is like the best donut right super high quality donuts which is such a funny yeah thing to say (laughs) no but like i this is like the i mean it's not gourmet in a snooty way i mean it is expensive it is Yeah. yeah uh but it's not like they're not being too nuts. It's this sort of. I think it's donuts. just really high quality ingredients, mm-hmm. and if you've gone into their shop, it's like um, I hate this term, but like artisan, or like they take yeah. it seriously. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's not an assembly line thing. Um, it's like all kind of handcrafted, and um, I don't know. I don't want to get so. St- lame about it but like, well no but that's exactly they take what it, it really seriously i mean it's like if you look at krispy kreme like the mcdonald's of donuts right 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 like exactly. that's exactly the difference there right there's nothing wrong with krispy kreme it's a very specific thing just like mcdonald's but exactly. you wouldn't say mcdonald's yeah. is the best hamburger you've ever had it's a good hamburger but it's a specific <laughs> it's a mcdonald's tasting hamburger so this is the opposite i think um small batch stuff and like good ingredients mm-hmm. but 
the actual donut itself is very good. Like um, sometimes it's yes. just it doesn't you can't taste the difference um, in these fancier places. You're just paying three times as much that you would for <laughs> a donut. But I think this is the one place I think where I found the difference. Butter and salt specifically, I think because my expectations were so low for that one when we went the first time, when I went for the first time. And then we had it and it was like the most amazing thing. Also, <laughs> it was very fresh when we had it that first right. time. It was like warm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that makes a huge difference too. Uh, so like I did heat it, mine up in the microwave for just like a little bit, like just a right. tiny bit. That so that I got to that is a huge that is like the all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And it, you can do this with Krispy Kremes too. like having one that even if you pick it up from the store and like bring it home and have it an hour later, it is like night and day having it just a little bit heated. Yeah, it's a completely different experience. But go on. I think because like the fried stuff, anytime you can do the fried stuff, just slightly warm, because if you go too right. far, it's not it has the opposite. Oh, then it turns into like mush. I mean, it's literally, yeah. I think Krispy Kreme recommends eight seconds for theirs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so really it's no time at all, but it does make a big difference. Um, and it, also with Krispy Kreme, I want to do that waffle maker thing where you put it in, you put four Krispy Kremes in a waffle maker. And oh, then that you sounds put it fantastic. Down. I know. I've heard it's a mess because that glaze just melts Oh, yeah. Instantly. Well, I've seen a lot of people using the waffle irons and you basically just everything throw in whatever random shit you want. Yeah, and like then, potatoes, like hash brown. Right. Yeah. Um, that's I've never seen. I, so now they I got to go buy a waffle iron. So they say that's good for a uh, day old, like so like the next Fantastic. day. Fantastic. Yeah, that's perfect. What was the other thing? Oh, so the birthday cake one was very good, but it's it's building on just the, the core good donut. So I don't think it was right. like an unusually good birthday cake flavor it it was very good but um yeah oh I, yeah. i've got a this i was l- cracking up and i think you know what i'm talking about oh dear. so i just delivered this to jared and i went home and maybe like 30 minutes later i get this text from jared <laughs> <laughs> all he says was Uh-oh. that celebration donut is so fucking good. <laughs> Thank you. I read that and was just dying laughing for like a few minutes. It was very good. Uh, like I forget how good their core donuts is. I think so many right. of the so many places have just like a basic kind of semi crappy just okay donut and then they just pile shit on it, right? Um, yeah. And so it tends to be that. Like Krispy Kreme is 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 kind of that with their other donuts. Um but then if you just go, because there's so many donut stores, even right around here, right? There's one like basically across the street from oh, me. Every single <laughs> shopping strip, there is a donut place. Yeah. So it's like there's a standard donut and it's all pretty basic. Um, but uh, so that's why I like this one so much. Like it had all the stuff I like, sprinkles, big thing of it. Um, mm-hmm. But it was like the um, basically like the salt and butter donut. It just had a, a glaze and a sprinkles right. and a different flavor. But I don't know that the basic donut tasted I ha- so differently. I have to say that I did not give that donut a fair chance because I was so excited w- once it came time to eat these donuts that I quickly ate that one and I only had one. Mm. So I couldn't like go back switch gears. Yeah. Right. So I ate that one quickly and it I did not preheat it. Mm. So then I learned from my mistake in eating that one and I heated the butter and salt one. Yeah. And that was like just a dramatic difference alone just in having it a little bit heated so 
I don't know. I might have to go back again and eat the uh, the celebration cake one just to get that the right experience. But I did not. Um, yeah, I did not eat them fairly. <laughs> so that's why I ate that one first because I had eaten the butter and salt one before. So I'm like, okay, don't like you know, don't knock the wind out of the birthday one by eating the the most amazing donut ever right. first. Uh, so um, yeah, that's again. I was thinking though with the salt and butter, or the butter and salt one, like. Maybe a caramel version, like a salted caramel. They do. do they so do I think like they have like their core donuts, yeah. you know, similar to Krispy Kreme. And then I think either I want to say weekly or monthly, they'll have like seasonal donuts. I know. And I think we may have tried this before, too. In like the fall time, they have a pumpkin spice yeah. version of the donut uh, where it's that same core, but they have a different uh like glaze on top of it and maybe add some cinnamon to make it a little bit more I think they had like an spicy apple something like apple cider I feel like or um something like they that do apple. have regular special donuts yeah um where they will do they'll apply different flavors or a different glaze on it um but yeah they they definitely do that I think the birthday um, one was <clears> vegan <throat> too I'm not sure I should double check. Not, no, so they have they have a vegan version. Oh, of it. okay, okay. So the one that we had was the regular, and then they so have so they separate. Okay, okay. Right, they have vegan options for some of their donuts, mm. um, vegan and gluten free options. Yeah. Uh, but so the la- one of another donut that I had that you did not get. Yes. And again, I love me a good gimmick. This was, and I went even further with this. So the core donut. From Sidecore that I purchased was a cookie dough donut. It was like a, uh, it was covered in chocolate and a couple other flavors. And then in the center of the donut, they had like a chunk of or a scoop of cookie dough, mm-hmm. like the edible cookie dough. So I went a step further as if that donut was not crazy enough. I sliced it in half like a sandwich hmm. and put scoops of cookie dough ice cream so this was a (laughs) cookie dough donut ice cream sandwich crazy um like so we talked about having ice cream on our ego waffles it's a similar experience where like you know you've got the baked Mm -hmm. good like kind of the bread ish material right and then you have this ice cream in the middle this was just it so so it tasted great but it was like way too gluttonous yeah (laughs) like Obviously, this was a these donuts are pretty dense mm-hmm. as it is, yeah. and you just throw in cookie dough ice cream to the mix. It was, uh, I don't regret it, but I don't know if I'll be doing that again anytime soon. It was just super, super heavy. I bet that would be good though, like an ice cream sandwich with the salt and butter one, because that cuts some of the sweetness out of it. But when you mm-hmm. have like that cookie dough, like the that chunk of oh. cookie dough is huge too. Like I saw the picture right. of it, but um, there's so much going on in that thing. Like it's so sweet. It just overpowers everything. This is oh, one yeah. of their it collaborations, was wasn't it? Like don't they collaborate with a local cookie place for this? I know they do. They do the- a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. This was a, a crazy experiment. That seemed the most, one of the more gimmicky donuts for them. Like they usually don't go yeah, that th- crazy. Normally it's pretty... Um, like, tame their yeah. flavors like you know obviously butter and salt's very very simple i don't even know if it's pretty plain flavoring yeah, but like yeah. they do them really well and then another popular one they have is huckleberry mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. where it's literally just like 
a berry-infused donut dough with a little bit of uh, like a berry glaze on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very, very simple flavoring for the most part. But yeah, this is definitely one of their more outlandish flavors. Yeah, yeah. So like Blue Star Donuts, they do a lot of this kind of stuff too, like fancy uh, versions. The only problem with Blue Star I find is like Sidecar I feel like is always fresh or, or vaguely fresh, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, they're they're so popular that they will sell out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it, it has to be fresh because they disappear before they have a chance to not be fresh. Yeah. Blue Star seems to have them made like pre-made like well before. Mm. So there's a, I don't know. I think that makes a big difference, especially with donuts. Um, oh, so totally. uh, I feel like there's like, they have some interesting flavors too. Like a lot of like, you know, I don't know, like blueberry and sage or something like, you know, hipstery like that. Um, and they're very good, but it's just, I think there's something missing if you don't get them maybe right away in the morning or something, or I don't know how far ahead they, they actually mm-hmm. make them. So, um, but that's probably the most, even they seem more like a chain than, um, Sidecar, because Sidecar only has a few locations, right? Like I want to say three. Yeah, I know there's one close to us, sort of, and then there's a couple in L.A. Oh, okay. I think that's it. Yeah, could definitely use one closer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's too close, though. Then it's too easy to say, yeah, let's go get some more Sidecar. It's like it's the perfect distance right now, where you have you to kind of make an effort. Right. Yeah. It's like it's a comfortable distance where it's only like 15, maybe 20 minutes away um, where it's far enough that you don't want to do it every single week, mm-hmm. um, but close enough where it's not, you know, an annoying an annoying uh, hassle to go pick them up. Yeah, I guess that's true, too, because I know if it was like right here by the grocery store or something, I'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll go grab one. <laughs> oh, it doesn't look too totally. busy. I'll go grab a dozen. Yeah, true. All right. So <clears throat> that's all I have for eat. Do you want to add something? Um, always eating. That's probably the biggest topic I always have here. I did do, um, let's see, I got some ice cream from Salt and Straw, but I think we're going to talk about that. Uh, yes, I want to, yeah. Do you want to say what it is? They did a cereal mm-hmm. line. It's the new flavors of the month. So I ordered them online and had them delivered. It's very elaborate delivery package. So we're just trying to figure <laughs> out how the best way is to share these little pints without it being totally gross or awkward. So, um, so you, I think this is be kind of fun to talk about right now. You threw out the idea to saw them in half, which I understand. And I think makes kind of sense, but one, I would like to know how you propose that you will be sawing these in half. Well, I'd actually, I picture you with like a shitty butter knife, just trying to go through this whole thing. No, I, I think like a serrated knife, you can do it with a serrated knife and cut through it. I've had to do it before for like recipes or something. Like when you're making stuff, you can, it's easier to take it out of the thing. And, uh, but some people show it that that's how you share it. Like you don't need a bowl. You cut it in half and give each other half of the <laughs> thing. So would you be share or cutting it vertically or horizontally? So the only problem is I was thinking about this. I think this stuff through, I'm not just throwing. I know it this there. is why it's so fun. I, I, I think I would do it horizontally only because I think that's easier. Getting through that yeah. lid is, is a little tougher. Well, I that think. makes sense too. And that's what I was thinking because you have the lid that you could flip upside down to be the base. If you have the top part and then the bottom part, you have obviously it's already the base. So it's you just. Yeah. You basically each version, you won't have a lid. So you have to have like saran wrap or something. It just feels like you're cutting through like just the ice cream more. So just the ice cream than it is like all the packages. Yeah. So um, I don't know. We'll figure that out. Um, 
So I got a bunch of, I went to the grocery store last night too and got a bunch of other stuff too. So I got more stuff to bring over to you that we could eventually try yes. out some, some things. But I gave you a few things. Like there's some stuff I want to do with the cookies and then we'll see. Mm-hmm. It's a little more fun when it's thematic. Uh, than, yeah. I um, So obviously I like to be crazy and wild with this stuff. When you make these things mm. or like, so you gave me some cookie dough and you actually made like heightened it and made it crazy in your own way. Yes. Um, do you like, I don't know how to ask this. Is that something that like, I don't know, would you prefer to have the crazy gimmicky thing or just eat the traditional oh, it depends. version I, of this I, stuff? I, it's like, it's just like donuts, right? All, all across the board, right? I, a plain uh, Krispy Kreme glaze is amazing. And so is like all the other weird, crazy cookie dough versions of, of uh, donut mm. too so it's the same thing with the cookies like i will like those take and break ones i like those because it's just so quick and easy i hate actually making cookies um <laughs> so that's why i like those because then it's like you eat them when they're hot and it's like a fresh cookie and it's not like you make mm-hmm. uh 300 of these things and put them in a tupperware um you can just make what you want uh that one i right. just wanted to do because i always want to do some kind of fruity pebbles thing or something so you can't just Put that into the mix, obviously. You need it to stay on top. So that's why then you have frosting. And so, yeah. But then I thought, well, you could do this with a lot of stuff. Like get a, mm-hmm. use a basic sugar cookie and then just do all kinds of crap to it. So so I'm curious to see what you come up with. All right. <clears throat> um, okay. So that's all for eats. We're good. Yep. Let's move on. Last question. What did you do? So I've got a few here. I will go first. Um, Let me go first because okay. you have a few. I don't have a lot. All right. I was going to bounce back and forth. <clears throat> oh, okay. But you yeah, can no, no, no. We can do that. We can do that. That's better. All right. So <clears throat> this was super, super exciting for me. You, a few episodes ago, this might have been the first quarantine questions we did or early on. Anyways, you talked about winning a contest um, and you won a Twinkies I don't know what hostess. Uh, your supply of Twinkies Ho- or something, hostess. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hostess. <clears throat> um, so technically Uh-oh. I didn't win this. However, my friend is a nurse. You have met him. He's helped us set up a uh, uh-huh. decon the past few years. There was a jet blue contest where you nominate a nurse. Um, because you know, obviously during all this quarantine COVID times, there's a People are celebrating the medical forces a little bit more these days. So JetBlue had a contest where you can nominate somebody in the medical field and you would win a round trip ticket from JetBlue anywhere that JetBlue flies. They should be doing this like crazy. Yeah. I nominated my friend Phil Phil. and he he won. Oh my gosh. So because I nominated him, I get a basically we get it's like a trip for both of us to go somewhere. So he gets a round trip ticket. Yeah. I get a round trip ticket. I think it's with the idea that we will, you know, go somewhere together. Right. Um, so we won the contest. That's awesome. It's, um, <clears throat> I don't know the, like the specifics. Yeah. It, like if it's like, Oh, you can only travel this week. Um, but either way, it's a free round trip ticket. And yeah, I'm super excited. You think people would be doing this like crazy, right? Like right now. Well, so they're basically saying, come die on our airplane anywhere you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so I was trying to like, you know, obviously there's no way for me to ever know this, but right. like it would make sense to have 
basically just give out all of everybody who entered a free ticket because people are a little bit scared to fly, mm-hmm. right? So they're making zero dollars. There's potential for you to upgrade your ticket because you just get a basic yeah. round trip ticket. Right. So you could upgrade to first class. That's what I would definitely um, do. But they don't call it first so, class. They call it something else on JetBlue. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, something. <laughs> and then <clears throat> a lot of people like to travel with groups. So especially if you're a family, like yeah. you're not just going to do you and one other. You're going to bring your friends right. and or your right. family. Uh, and obviously because you did this, you're going to have a pleasant experience and potentially become a lifelong JetBlue fan or uh, consumer. Right, right, right. So I don't know. I have no idea what the number of tickets they gave out are, but it doesn't really matter to me because at the end we are winners. That's right. No, so that's that a good, exciting. that's a good price. It is one of those things though, where I feel like they should be offering that a lot right now. Right. Like, they're yeah. so desperate to get it's like the movie theaters would be doing that pretty soon right like <laughs> yeah so i don't tickets. know yeah i know we have a relationship with sinopolis so i i am paying closer attention to some of their posts yeah. but i noticed during the quarantine they did a lot of these you know repost this or yeah. co- comment here we'll give you a free ticket um they, they were doing a lot of that which i think is smart because a big problem will be just getting people into the theater I think um, similar with yeah. the, the the flights. I noticed that with Sinopolis too. I think that's one of the things where I'm kind of mad at AMC. I'm like, stop crying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they do something. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's a weird approach for them to take. I think um, I, I don't know if they're thinking like it's going to make everyone really fight for their, you know, like we do love the movies, you know, that kind of a thing. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, we want to support you because you're having a hard time. But I mean, I don't know it. it seems like they could do some other gestural things like we'll knock popcorn down from 90 bucks a barrel to 80, <laughs> you know, like we're, we're here for you. Um, something mm-hmm. like that. But, um, all right. So I got one more do that I will do. Okay. <laughs> <That's so stupid. laughs> I have more, but I will say one more and then we'll kick it over to you. Okay. Um, so in the vein of contest, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a thing going around called the all in challenge where celebrities will donate a prize of some sort. Uh-huh. So it's, I think it's a stupid name because it's not really a challenge, but they're saying, you know, I'm going to don't. So Chris Pratt did something where he's donating his prize package is you get to go on set for the next Jurassic world movie. Right, get eaten and by be, a dinosaur. Or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end of that, he's like, well, I now nominate, you know, blah, blah three other people to big celebrities to give huge, right, exactly. Same kind of gifts. Right. So, I entered one of these all in challenges. Uh-oh. We, you know, early on in this podcast, we would find a way or I would find a way to talk about the Ninja Turtles every episode. Oh, the new trend is shoes, it seems. So oh, I entered a an all in challenge to win this one of a kind Nike experience. So you get it's a paid trip for two to the Nike headquarters Mm. in Portland, Oregon. Ah. So they fly you up there, put you up for a night, and then you get a VIP tour of the facility and like $1,000 worth of Nike merchandise. Wow. Um, So, you know, the odds of winning these things, I'm sure, are very slim. Yeah, what was the thing, though? What did you have to do? Just a drawing? So you pay, pay, it's like 20, you pay anywhere from $1 to $100, and every dollar equals an entry. So you donate to something? Right. Okay. And then, so the cause you're donating 
to is different organizations that feed uh, hungry youth. So like No Kid Hungry, I think is one of the organizations, and there's a handful of other ones. That's actually um, uh, more interesting. Is it is it around a specific uh, product release or something, or or just Nike in general? Oh, um, I don't I don't know when like. Yeah. The when you claim the prize, I don't know if it's attached to a specific release or just kind of a generic come check out the Nike facility. Yeah, I was wondering if they were going to have some kind of you know, cuz like a lot of times they'll have events. I don't know that have you ever been to the headquarters? You can't just No. Is there a store or something where They do have an employee store or like a Nike store. I don't know if you have to have special Yeah. Like like act, like if you need to know an employee or have, win a contest or something. I don't I doubt it's just open to the public. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know they do have like a special Nike store at their headquarters. Like I'm surprised in, um, this is kind of on topic, but like in, in Cupertino when you were there, aren't you kind of surprised there isn't more of like an Apple store? Like oh, so th- yes, there are I'm, Apple stores everywhere, but like why not have your a, flagship? Th- everyone wants to go see yes. that building and be there. And there was a visitor center, I think, for when they were building the thing. There's it's such a wasted opportunity because there are very eager Apple fans that exist. Yeah. And you like you could just make some simple merchandise that you sell only there that would heighten this experience. They do have like uh, specific merchandise you can only get at this store. Right, right, right. But essentially it is just an Apple store and the like the special merchandise is like a T-shirt that you can only buy yeah. there. It'll say like Cupertino which, or like right. technology it'll have like their address yeah. or something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. which to me is of being a fan of anything, getting a t-shirt is not like a big enough draw for me to go to this thing. They did have um, like special technology. I think that they were showcasing yeah. Yeah, that yeah. you can't view elsewhere. Almost like a testing um, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but it's, I mean, still, it's but you think basically they could almost a do, standard Apple shop. They could do like an amusement park style something there. And I know yeah. that that's not their thing and there's probably a lot of ethics around why, you know, why we're not going down this this specific route. But that's why you would do it in one location. It's not like there's 50 of these things around the country. Right. It's like, this is Apple. And so many people, Silicon Valley in general, I mean, you were there not too long ago, but I'm like, you know, there's nothing to see here. If you, you know, like, there's, yeah, there's no, I'm kind of, there's no, I'm curious, center. like, how th- that area became that area. Like, why are all these startups and technology based companies kind of flocked to right, right. basically the most expensive southern, southern San Francisco? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's weird it that, is. It's not San Francisco, and a lot of people think it's San Francisco, right. and nothing like is there an really. Hour or two south. Yeah, it's right? like an hour right. south, a little bit less, but um, it's it's Sunnyvale or Cupertino is Apple mm. specifically, um, but very neighborhoody. Um, it's not like right. these things are out in the big city, and it's like a tour and all that stuff. But um, even Apple, I thought they could get away with doing like an Apple hotel, right? Like everything in the room is slick and clean, and Apple products yes. are everywhere, and people would pay ridiculous amounts just to stay in the Apple hotel. Um, I would like to see that building, though. I would still want to go into that crazy building, which I'm sure is more impressive from the outside than the inside. You know, because yeah. it's just conceptual more than anything. When, when I was working there, I didn't even get access to that building at all. Yeah. But I did go to the the store. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which is on their campus, their main campus. Um, anyway, so when is the when is the drawing for the Nike? 
I think the like the entry period has just ended. I don't know when they announce the winner or if they just will contact the winner specifically. Um, I'm not sure how that works, but I, the entry period just ended mm. a couple of days ago. That's interesting. That that actually that would be more interesting for me. Like I don't care to meet athletes. No, I don't. That's nothing bad. <laughs> I just I don't get excited. About, I mean, it'd have to be someone pretty big, you know, like Madonna athletes. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go to like the opening of Space Jam 2 or whatever, like something like that would be cool. Right. But like just in mm. general, most of the athletes like you saw when I went to that Laker game, I got to meet one of the players. I don't even know. Well, they have. So this, you know, all in challenge thing, it's all, I don't know, uh, influential people. Yeah. So it's everything yeah. from celebrities to companies. Yeah. Brands. Company heads. So obviously Nike, it was the Nike CEO that gave this or donated this experience. Um, he's not necessarily a celebrity, but, you know, a relatively influential right, person. Right, right. Um, I think Mark Cuban did something with the Mavericks as well. So it's not all like super celebrities. It's all sorts of different experiences. Yeah. Um, but like there's quite there's a bunch of interesting ones on there. But, you know, I'm not in a place to really be donating a lot right, right, of money exactly. to this. But yeah. I thought this this Nike one was really I'd, I'd be it curious really to cool. see Nike's yeah. headquarters. I don't know. So for like you, when we went to Pixar last year, uh, mm-hmm. so that was your first time visiting. I've been there a few times for meetings and stuff. So under more like casual situations, we went to see Toy Story 4. Right. What did you think of that though? Like, because I think the Pixar building itself, it's a beautiful campus. It's in the middle of yuck, but it's it's a great campus. Um, but I always feel like it's very small and it's like, it, it's... I don't know. There's something to, like you don't associate it with a lot of history, though there there is history. It's not like mm-hmm. Walt Disney Studios where Mary Poppins was made. Um, so what was your takeaway from from visiting that? Um, so you put a lot of like uh, you project yeah. when you go to a place like that, right? You want it to be special because yeah. of what occurs there behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is where you know, Buzz Lightyear was born or all these different characters, more or less. And then, um, so there is kind of like a, an invisible kind of magic in the air, you know, but, and I, I wanted to try and say this delicately, but when you go to a place like this, even like if you were to go to Walt Disney studios in Burbank, you can't help but be let down a little bit because (laughs) At the end of the day, it is just a building where people work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So um, I had a great time. It's a fun experience. Right, and right. The, the cool thing with a lot of these bigger studios is they will they'll kind of play it up a little bit. So Pixar has all of these little photo ops that they will add into their campus. Mm-hmm. So they have the giant lamp and ball right out front. Yeah. Um, they're always filtering out different um like whatever the current movie is right, they will right. have either like sketch art or concept art on the walls or their movie posters um so that i mean it's a fun experience but at the end of it, it is kind of just yeah a workplace yeah it's the idea of it more than it is right. and then because i think because you can't just walk up and go in there you have to be sort of invited there for a thing or something right. so i think that that kind of so activities it, it is a very, like I said, 
and I think anytime you go to a building like this, even Apple, which is very mm-hmm. kind of just plain yeah. and minimalist, just by design, um, you kind of do feel like special and there's a little bit of this intangible kind of magic in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you definitely project that and insert it yourself, but you do get, I don't know, you, it feels different being around some of these different areas. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things with Pixar too is they've shown it a lot in like the, um, you know, the behind the scenes stuff or like the making right. of these films. So you see that atrium and the restaurant and the cereal room and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of neat to go in there and see like, oh, there's that thing. And everything feels right. smaller though, I think once you're in there, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this really is just a, like where are all the offices, right? <laughs> I will say that was probably one of the cleanest yeah working areas I've ever like not only the actual buildings and the areas we got to walk through, but like outside in that grass area, like the grass was super well kept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was extremely like almost fake yeah. green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like a movie which, set you know, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, it was pristine condition. Yeah, no, it's very pretty, very nice. And you, you really don't see the office areas almost at all. Uh, from from where the general public goes, um, like you have to be taken back to where all the animators sit, and that's where all that goofy stuff is, where you see people creating their cubes and everything. Right. Like that. So you don't get to see a lot of that usually from the thing. But um, yeah, that's how I always felt too. I'm like, like the 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 magical thing for me was when I was there and eating lunch there, and then you just see them walking by. You'd see the directors oh, and stuff. Yeah. And then they'd be like, "Oh, Jared, this is Pete Doctor," and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, try to act casual and stuff like that. So that was definitely a magical experience. But I think on just those visits where they have a lot of people in the studio, it feels kind of uh, more businessy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how I'd wonder about Nike. Is there like a showcase area? Is there something there that's like, oh, you got to go see oh. theirs? Well, so again, because they have Nike's been around for so long yeah. and it's very high profile company. They have a lot of these behind the scenes videos that pop up over the years. Mm. I know they have like a special archive yeah. area. I don't know if it's, I want to say it is at their Portland headquarters, um, but it's basically like every single shoe ever they have in this archive. So you can go into like special one-offs that were created mm-hmm. to like ma- the mass produced ones. Um, so there's pretty like signif- significant shoes within like the sneaker world yeah. that you could potentially see. Um, and then I know they have specific training facilities so like Uh, obviously nike touches like every single sport so they will have a like the most we're talking about pristine things like the cleanest basketball court ever because they want to test their new footwear on like the most perfect of conditions and then they'll have a field where you can do uh drills and stuff with cleats on they'll have basically every single sport they have an area like the most perfect setup for that sport to be tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes for everything from shoes to their apparel and everything in between. Yeah. So, See, so that's uh, very cool. They're, they're, yeah. I don't know if the tour would include, you know, just like when we went to do the, we went to Pixar, we got a tour. Yeah, yeah. There was huge areas. We couldn't like go past these <laughs> doors. Right, right, right. Uh, so I'm sure Nike would have something similar. Yeah. Um, but I'm, yeah, it would be interesting to see like what areas you do get access to and which areas are kind of kept off, kept off limits. Yeah. See, that's, that would be 
That's an interesting, although I think I would be more interested in the shoes actually than the sports facility stuff. But at mm-hmm. least there's something there that's more than just offices. I know like, so there's, since getting into shoes, I follow like air quotes sneaker influencers. Mm-hmm. And there's one guy that he was actually invited to the the release for the new, the latest yeah. Air Jordan model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like NBA players. So it's just, you know, more or less this regular guy who gets to play basketball with NBA players for this like testing of this new shoe. Yeah. See, that um, seems like a So that would be yeah. incredible. Like I would never get the opportunity to like have a one-on-one conversation let alone play a sport with a professional athlete. So that would be that would be a really cool experience. I doubt that they'll have this stupid contest winner participate in something at that level but i know they do have uh certain things like that from time to time depending on different releases and whatnot yeah see that would be that's exciting then that's an exciting contest then that would be fun (laughs) i don't think they have there's no like celebrity serial creators but like i think that could be a fun backdrop like eating ice cream or bowl of cereal with you know insert celebrity person here like at Nike? What do you mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just in general. Oh. So, like, you know, I was saying like that Seinfeld. Playing, a sp- <laughs> playing a yeah, playing a sport with a professional athlete would be fun. I think another version of that that we are both interested in would be having some sort of yeah. So like Seinfeld having a a sit down with him with a backdrop being this stupid meal. Mm, interesting. I yeah. I I would get. So anxious meeting celebrities. That's never high on my list. Like if it happens, it happens and that's great. But it, it would make me so uncomfortable. Like it's one thing to even be like, take a picture. Oh, hi, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan. And then you do the little right. thing. But if you had to sit there and have a conversation with them, oh my gosh, I think that would be so, like you'd go into an interview mode or something like that. Like, I don't know what Right, so, and like, it would have to be this forced interaction because otherwise, any other time you meet a a celebrity or important person, it's a very quick in yeah. exchange, yeah. right? Where it's you're you happen to be in a public place and you walk by him. Like when you saw John Favreau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Or it's just like, hey, I love your work. Can I get a picture? And then he says something nice to you and you're on your way. I think in order to have a any sort of conversation, it would have to be this forced situation where you either win a contest yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a friend of a friend that sets up this this meal or something otherwise like why on earth would i be in the same room as you know who uh, michael jordan or whatever maybe on your first class flight you'll sit next to a celebrity <laughs> uh, i'm trying to th- oh so my cousin actually they they went i want to say somewhere to japan and they flew they flew first class and michael keaton was yeah see like right next to them and uh, so my cousin's son is a huge Spider-Man fan. So he doesn't know Michael Keaton as Batman, but he knows him as a villain from Spider-Man. Mm, that's so funny. That's cute. So did he talk? Did he interact? Or I think like- I think the so he was probably five or six at the time. So it's like, you know, you if I were to go up to him and kind of gush, yeah. it's annoying. But when a kid does it, it's cute. Yeah. So I think at some point in the flight, he went and said something and they got a picture together. Oh, so he, from more, from what I know, he was friendly about the whole thing. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a long flight. 
Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> All right. So what did you do? Jared's uh, turn. I became a father the other day. Just wanted to let you know. Uh, so I okay. had a child, not a mm-hmm. child, the child. Oh my gosh. Are you, are you, are <laughs> you, so is this uh like life size? Uh, I, I think it's probably a little smaller than life. It's pretty close. Like when you, oh, so I have my baby Yoda. That's what I'm showing here. Uh, it's what? The, so he's got like tell a me, what is this? body though. Oh, so it's like a, a stuffed animal, but with hard with head rubber. and limbs. Yeah. Which is perfect. That's what okay. I always love. Cause the plush ones they have out, the faces look awful. This one, the face looks right. pretty good. Don't you think? Yeah, pretty, totally. Pretty good face. Um, so, yeah. And so because it's a beanbag, it's a little heavy and the head's super heavy. So it gives him some weight and he just sort of sits there like just flopping <laughs> down. And it's very cute, though. Like I wasn't sure because they have that other one that's like animatronic. But um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure if I should wait and see. And I had ordered this a while ago. Actually, it just took forever to get I waited a little too long and then it took forever to get it. So, um that's all I did. I didn't win a, <laughs> I didn't win a prize for a nurse like you, but um, uh, yeah. So what are you going to do it's with my, your child? It's my roommate now. I got to take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get one of those like backpacks for dogs yeah. and just put put the put your baby Yoda get in there. Get a baby Bjorn for the wear on the front of it. They do have uh the actual the Yoda backpacks that kind of so you can kind of recreate the Dagobah training this scene. This is baby Yoda though. He can't be on the back. I know. He has to be on the front like a total infant cuz it's so small. <laughs> facing outwards, facing the world. It's so funny cuz I showed someone else as a friend of mine who's not a big like nerdy Star Wars person or, or just in general, just not into that whole stuff. Uh it's just funny to see people's reactions like confusion you know just like why did they don't know how to react yeah, like, to are you? you serious what did you get why did, you wanted that <laughs> so cute though it's very cute that's uh i get those exchanges when i invite somebody to my house for the first time yeah. and they see i have an entire room dedicated to just all things nerd yeah yeah no kids just the kids toys yeah oh yeah like oh so your kids like ninja turtles <laughs> huh like <laughs> yes just say yes uh okay so the other the last thing i'm gonna talk about that i did this week um i don't really know how to address this so i'm you're gonna have you're gonna ask questions okay. but i started really getting into what i want to do with squared co moving forward so i broke it down into three pillars which we have had discussions about before right um but i'm gonna think i'm ready to start sharing that with the world <laughs> so the three pillars are um, what we're doing right now, the podcast is, I would consider content. So that's one of the pillars. Okay. Um, eventually, I want to expand on that, creating more content, either whether that be some sort of videos or YouTube tutorials, just, I don't know, more regular content, either social media or like this long form podcast. Yeah. But all things going back into sort of design and pop culture. So that's content. The other pillar, which we have been doing since the inception of Squared Co. would be uh, creative design, which is basically a creative agency. So all of the freelance work that I've been doing over the past three to five years kind of falls under the Squared Co. umbrella. Mm -hmm. So all of the work that I've done with Sinopolis, a lot of the basically just for hire freelance work would fall under the creative agency 
pillar. Okay. And then the new pillar is printing. Um, <clears throat> so I'm working on developing a specific web website for printing that'll kind of be an offshoot of Squared Co's, uh, I don't know, their, their normal website. So they're going to be, they exist parallel to each other, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but this is kind so, of what you're, you've been doing all along. Right. Right, right, right. So because I got laid off recently, it kind of, you know, lit a fire under my ass to work a little bit quicker and I have begun to develop this printing website and update the Squared Co. website as well. So we're actually, it's not necessarily changing the name, but I'm going to push Squared Co. Studios will be what we're known as moving forward. The idea behind that being each one of these pillars is more or less its own studio. So collectively, it is Squared Co. Studios. Ah. So it'd be like we have a print studio we have a creative agency studio. We have um, a content studio. Interesting. So like a production studio, I guess, would be the content side. So now that you're not going into the office every day, what, um, like, how do you structure? Because there's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, right. But like so this is where I'm still sort of struggling, um, is with all of these things that I just mentioned, it's a lot of work um, and there's a lot of tasks attached to each one of these things. So I still have to figure out like how to break down the day into staying productive and moving forward on all three of these pillars. Mm. Right now, what I'm doing is basically just going really hard and fast on one until I either reach a stopping point or the day ends. And then the next day I'll move on to the next pillar where I feel like I should have a little bit more structure and maybe set weekly goals and then backtrack into what that looks like each day mm. as opposed to kind of going in sprints. So it's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to work really hard on this one pillar for today or until I get too tired and then move on to the next one. I've got to figure out a way to be more strategic about it. Do you, um, like, do you, in general, because I think we all do this whether we whether we track it or not, but do you have a like a pattern to your day, even though you're not saying, oh, today's printing for three hours. Like, right. do you wake up at a, kind of the same time and you always work out in the morning and then, you know, like, do you do that? Yeah, I, early on in the, the quarantine, um, I did have a really structured day. It sort of went off track and was more, I don't know, haphazard. I'm trying to get back into that where recently, I have gone back into working out first thing and then doing whatever like life tasks I need to get done. Yeah. So that would be household chores and like going to the grocery store, that sort of thing. Right. So then by like lunchtime and after lunch is when I would focus on the work side of things. So instead of doing like <laughs> a nine to five being the work day, it's like a one to nine is the work day. So do you <laughs> do you eat lunch at the same time every day? Uh, so that's the one thing, like weirdly enough, is where that is where the structure falls. Is I have very specific eating times because of that I am very like strict about because you like it or um, like a fitness thing. Like, uh, two reasons. So one is the fitness thing, and the other is by having these structured eating times, it forces me to have some sort of structure to the day. So like. Between lunch and a snack is a three-hour window. So that I can say, 
okay, I'm going to work on X during this period. Yeah. And then after the, from like snack to dinner is another three hour window. And then after dinner is like another three hour window before I would like wrap up and get ready for bed. Um, so it's like I structured it that way. So I have these little gaps in windows that I can insert a specific task and just focus on that thing during that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So like right now we're recording and we've gone through my lunch, which dun, dun, dun. this is this is where like the you throw the wrench into your plans. But um, more, more or less, like I am very structured and regimented with that. And I did it so that I will it'll force me to have these little pockets that I can, um, I don't know, work on a specific task or accomplish a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's going to be the most time consuming out of these? I mean, like a lot of the like the printing thing seems like that's going to be sort of time consuming, especially initially because that is you know i've offered printing as a service to like Mm -hmm. friends uh over the basically the past three to five years but now i'm trying to open that up instead of just focusing on like my little network of artists and friends but opening and expanding that to anybody in the world Mm -hmm. um so the difficult part for that is going to be marketing yeah Besides the normal stuff like building the website, because I'm not super fluent in web design, that's taking longer than it may should. Um, But I think beyond that, once the website is up, operational, it's going to be figuring out how to get market this website using Google, using SEO stuff, um, because I'm also not very well versed in that. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the I'm seeing that being the biggest challenge. Oh, geez. Well, that's good. You're keeping so, you're keeping busy. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. I, I'm so like I, during all of this, I still want to do like personal work just for, you know, to keep sane. But it's becoming increasingly difficult, like because I don't have I don't know how long I'm going to be out of work mm-hmm. or before any of these things are going to pick up to become my full time right. job. There is some urgency to get this up and running. So I'm trying to, whether this is for good, the better or not, um, I'm like putting my personal stuff aside and just focusing on the bigger picture things for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was interesting when we were talking to Cole last week and, you know, we were, it's always fun to talk to those guys. Uh, but um, when he was talking about his transition to uh, freelance, I thought that was a really like there was so much there, we didn't really go into it too far. So maybe we'll have to have him back on. You guys can talk a little mm-hmm. bit more shop about that stuff because I think it's so different for everybody. But it, you know, like what he went through, it's all about the current situation too, and like the timing of it and and what that means. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm interested to see how this changes the model in general because it seems like people will now be way more open to the idea of doing it, and some people are doing it out of necessity. Um, mm-hmm. What you're taking on here is very ambitious. But it is kind of what you've been doing anyway, just sort of formalizing, uh, you know, making it more of a concise message now. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so with the content, there's going to come uh, sweet treats with Jared. You're going to get your own show on the Squared Code Network. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm really looking for that. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can you can uh, be. A, I've got to find a way to capitalize on all this bullshit that we're eating <laughs> every single week. <laughs> 
Oh, and you could get more uh, free treats sent to you. So far, has not worked, but we'll see. We'll Here, see. I'm all eat, for eat these sour patch flavored everything. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that has become like the thing that other brands partner up with. They had the I'm, sour patch cereal. They had the sour patch chips. Ahoy! I'm sure it's sour patch just sort of reaching out, but I'm sure they're all the same, probably parent company or something, or, or they just strike a deal yeah. with this. Company. They had the sour patch, uh, going back to shoes. They had a sour patch shoe. Yeah. 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 It was an under armor basketball shoe. Um, that sour patch kids did a collab with, which again, I, I, I mean, that's not that I have anything against it, but it just seems like a weird push Sour Patch is making recently, like specifically this past year. Well, all three of those collabs. Everyone's kind of have, doing it, though, don't you think? Like everyone's crossing over into this kind of like, weird it, I think it's it's all because of like the YouTube thing, because because um, Sour Patch Kids don't really go with anything else. It is, it's become like a reason to record yourself eating and reacting to this, this weird collab of a Sour Patch cereal, the Sour Patch Chips Ahoy. As I was looking for an image on the Sour mm. Patch Kids Chips Ahoy thing for the, yeah. uh, the last episode, I found a ton of YouTube like reaction videos to the Chips Ahoy Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's the age old thing though, right? Of that, of the, any, any exposure, any press is going to be great. Right. So, um, but mm -hmm. it kind of only works when it's, um, like if it's too good, they wouldn't collaborate. They would just come out with their own thing. Right. Because if chips Ahoy came out with a cookie, they said that includes pieces of sour gummy candy. <laughs> you wouldn't, it's not as interesting or funny or, or anything. Right. So like, it's this thing, but then like, you know, Ben and Jerry's just did a shoe, right? Like, yeah, that's a weird one that doesn't, and the shoe doesn't even necessarily look, I mean, you understand their design yeah. sense, right. but it look, it looks like a Ben and Jerry's packaging. Yeah. I think they did a great job with the aesthetics looking like the brand they're collaborating with. But if you were to just look at that shoe, a, like, take Ben and Jerry's out of the equation. It is a ridiculous looking shoe right, for sure. Right, right. So that's what I mean. Like it has to be like so weird that it makes it special because if Ben and Jerry's was really serious about going into the shoe business, <laughs> then right. they would just do shoes or something like that. So, I mean, like it just kind of bumps both brands it yeah. seems. Yeah. So, which is fun. I love it. I love any kind of mashup like that where they cross over. Um, some are more effective than others, but yeah, like, um, we we talked about this um, a couple episodes ago too, where you asked me like what shoe collabs I would want to see, yeah. and then I talked about the packaging, talking specifically about the Ben and Jerry's Nike. There, so what sucks about these collabs? Some a lot of times they'll have like like an influencer's version of the shoe, or like oh, a, right. like a premiere version. Well, they'll give to right. famous athletes or celebrities. And they get it, so they got the Ben & Jerry's shoe in like an oversized ice cream package. So it looked like a pint of ice mm -hmm. cream, but obviously jumbo size to fit a pair of shoes in it. Um, and then the regular release just got came in a normal Nike box. But I love seeing that crazy packaging. Um, it was so freaking cool. Like it looks just like a giant tub of ice cream, but you obviously you open it and then there's shoes inside. Yeah. See, to me, that's the whole thing, right? I'd want the packaging. I want the packaging probably right. more than the shoes yeah. uh, just to see the whole thing. But yeah, I hate when they, I mean, it's nice if you get one, 
but it sucks when mm-hmm. you, you can't even just pay more to get that version. It's something that, so I don't understand the, the thought process behind that or how they determine which of these collabs get special packaging treatment versus others. Um, because I, I talked about this with Mike and Cole, they did that big SpongeBob collab last summer where this, it was a kind of a reimagining of an existing shoe where they just kind of colored it to right, look right. like different SpongeBob characters, but it came in the standard shoe box for that shoe. Mm. To me, it's like, well, why wouldn't you go a little bit further and make this really special? And you could probably charge a premium because it comes in this special packaging mm-hmm. um, where you can dress it up as like a SpongeBob package. You wouldn't have to do every single shoe different. You just do a generic SpongeBob package. It would have heightened the experience um, altogether. Uh, the reason I think it's weird, like I don't understand it. They had a Stranger Things collab where they went out and went crazy with the packaging uh it was a very special like hawkins high school looking shoe box you open it and there is fake hawkins newspaper in it in place of the standard white tissue that goes around your and it's like that they had to design that newspaper they had to actually hire somebody to write the copy Mm -hmm. and like fake news articles on there there's so much money that went into this. And again, it was an existing shoe that they just colored to look like Stranger Things. Yep, yep. Um, like, so to me, it's why did they do that for Stranger Things and not do that for the SpongeBob? Um, I feel like they could have made a, more money and charged a premium had they done that. And then again, how come there's a split between the Ben and Jerry's packaging versus, uh, you know, the... The celebrities getting their special packaging and then the the normal people getting the standard. Well, I'm sure it is all figured out as far as price and cost and, you know, like the celebrity stuff I get because they want them to be excited to receive this thing. Because I think most of the time the celebrities are like, I don't care. Like I, <laughs> I knew somebody that used to get that stuff, like high end mm-hmm. stuff because of their job and stuff. And then they would just always just give it away. You know, they're just like, I don't I don't I they sent me these shoes or something. I don't want these, you know, and. Or, but it would always be like weirder, like, or they go to like these events and like these expensive things are in the bags and, and oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. So um, I think they try to make it so it's appealing so that the celebrity will actually be like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. Right. Um, that makes sense too, because then they'll share yeah, it. Yeah. And that's all they need. If you're a of fan of that person, you're excited for this product. But I wonder, I'm so curious about the shoe collecting uh world like they must have a i have no sense of that like whereas if you're a star wars fan there's obviously levels of star wars fan and what you'll pay for and Mm -hmm. you'll buy the black series but then someone might look at that as like well why would you do that it looks just like the other figure you know um (laughs) so i think it's like that but i'm curious to what their sweet spot is for the shoe market like is it people like you who are collecting these things just want to keep them nice in a box and a thing or the ones where kids are like i think the shoe is cool i don't care about the box you know like like oh, yeah, what level goes into it or, or how big is your area as opposed to the people who we just need to sell these shoes. Right. There's And there's obviously, like you said, there's so many different levels that exist within it. For me, it's like, yes, because I'm a designer and come from this, have a creative background, I think I appreciate the packaging more than the standard collector might. Um, and then on top of that, like I'm not a... 
I'm not trying to flip these shoes. Like right, I'm buying right. them to wear and keep. I'm sure like a fancy packaging, you would be able to resell it for more than just the standard mm. shoe in a standard shoe box. But, but yeah, and then I wonder know, if it's how much you just want these shoes out there too, right? Like, so mm-hmm. like any any change in the price is going to affect like now kids aren't going to buy how many these. you're able to move yeah or or that yeah. the, you want the kids to wear them so if the kids not doesn't mm-hmm. it's a big deal to have them pay an extra 50 bucks to have a cool ice cream container you're like forget it right. just get them these shoes you know so i'm sure mm-hmm. there's all kinds of marketing stuff that's in there but it is frustrating when you can't get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> That that drives everything that we do. It's like, but that's what. Oh, but then you kind of like that, right? Because you're so happy right. when you get it. Well, it's the. I mean, and so we've talked about this a lot before. It's the hunt that we're really excited about. Yeah. It's not. It's not even the ease or wanting the thing. It's you have to want the thing to some level, but if it's a little bit more difficult to get, mm-hmm. it's that much more rewarding and fun to to chase. Oh, for sure. I But I mean, yeah. So I think that level differs probably for every different industry. Like Star Wars, mm-hmm. it's built into it, right? Everybody kind of expects that. Um, they used to do that with CDs too for a while. Do you ever like, it'd be like different packaging on this one and, and two extra tracks. And so you'd have, oh to- <laughs> yeah, you have like the deluxe version. Yeah, you come to the book, the, the album. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you'd pay like twenty five dollars as opposed to twelve dollars. This one comes with a DVD yeah. with two music videos, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a CD ROM that allows you yeah. access. Yeah, so I think it's like that. Like, um, there's always a like a version of it, but even that, if it was too widely available, it's not as appealing, right? Like steel books. Right. When people want those steel books for the Blu-rays, mm-hmm. that's the one we're like, yeah, I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, I'm I'm starting to get over the having a physical movie, yeah, yeah. whether it be a even like a digital copy uh, or like definitely having a physical DVD or Blu-ray just because it's the ease of having it in your library yeah. or knowing that Netflix or Amazon's going to carry it at some point. It's just seems so like, unnecessary but it is funny how there are certain movies that have sort of dropped off like you really can't watch them right now like you've you had to have bought the dvd or you have to pay Mm. to rent it like it's just sitting somewhere in like uh in some middle ground like why isn't this on one of the (laughs) services you know (laughs) right yeah and i'm sure there's a whole bunch that goes into those decisions oh yeah both from the studios that have the rights to that movie and then the streaming services like how big of a difference is it going to make for their subscribers Mm -hmm. to have this film or not i'm surprised it hasn't gotten more to that too where they start advertising like these things are going to be available for the month of march you know like you could only watch the only time that i've seen that is when like a third party will say check out these netflix titles coming this Mm -hmm. month or these are the 10 Netflix movies you got to watch before the end of the month because they're going away. Right, but that's usually because but they're it's never, long contract. It's never yeah. from Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always from like some pop culture account or something. But I don't know if it behooves them to have a, a rush of traffic or not. You know what I mean? Like, is it is it mm-hmm. better if a million billion people watch it in a month as opposed to letting it sit for a year and a half? Like, I don't, I don't know that unless there's advertising right. somehow mixed into that. Again, I don't get how Netflix makes their money, 
but <laughs> uh, yeah. The thing, so obviously they have a like millions of subscribers, but the thing that gets me is they're churning out original yes. content at such a high volume, and it's like a lot of it now is movie quality. Mm-hmm productions where it's millions of dollars to make one of these films or tv shows and they're they're releasing so much of it it's i can't i mean obviously i'm not smart enough to understand the business the model, side yeah but there's just it doesn't make sense if you do like simple math like oh we're only making x million but we're we're producing like a hundred times that much yeah uh, in original content especially because there's not any additional buying uh, like models for for Netflix, right? It's not like a mm-hmm. like a merchandise arm or like although they are getting into that now. Oh, um, but actually, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, especially with like when they have a huge hit like Stranger Things, exactly. which is totally bleeding over into the collector's world um, by having like toys and t shirts and whatnot. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So I know I didn't even think they about now that. have a, a consumer products division, which they did not before. So. Um, I could see that makes more sense. Then I can see like, oh, well, you're just like a studio now. You're just making mm-hmm. this stuff and then you can sell off all the other additional stuff. So maybe that is how they're licensing is maybe how they were doing mm-hmm. it originally. But yeah, curious to see. Interesting. Because so much of that is not toyable. <laughs> right, right. And even like Kipo, which is a Netflix original, like that is technically... I mean, DreamWorks produced it, right? right? right. So, but I think that's the who difference. Who would have the licensing rights that's for merchandise? The difference there. between uh, Netflix instigating it, saying you are creating this for Netflix Studios, or like with that, it's DreamWorks. I think, right? Isn't it DreamWorks? Yeah, DreamWorks produced. So it then they're just early. probably yeah. buying it from DreamWorks. Mm. Um, and then they have okay. We got to stop. I know. But I know. The last thing I'll, I'll speculate here is so Marvel. Or Netflix, I don't know how this worked, but they have a bunch of original Marvel TV shows on Netflix mm-hmm. that their their contract is set to expire relatively soon. So what happens to these, you know, air quotes, Netflix shows that are technically Marvel shows? Who owns that once their license expires or their agreement expires? Well, I'm sure it defaults back to... Uh Marvel or, or whoever the studio so then is that produced will, them. Yeah. Will they be able to put that on uh, Disney Plus or something? Probably just depends on Disney's That's interesting. Yeah, their you know, agreement with that studio and stuff like that. I think it's getting a little more confusing now with all of this oh, stuff. It's, it's, but it's basically based on the same system of um a studio that produces content as opposed to just distributes. Uh, you know, a distributor. Mm-hmm. And though we kind of associate them with the same thing, it is, you know, it's it's like when Pixar first did Toy Story for Disney uh, before they bought them, you know, it wasn't a Disney film, but Disney right. funded this project or whatever. Anyway, that's a wormhole. So we can go on yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have to think about that when you add that to your list of divisions for Squared Coast. Oh, original. Squared Coast streaming original. service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that is all I have for today. Baby Yoda says Baby bye. Yoda saying goodbye. I am saying goodbye. Jared saying goodbye. Bye. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later.